episode of the Toxic American Podcast with me, your host, Rudy. Rudy with a permit. Um, uh, so I'm back in the makeshift studio again, so hopefully the sound's a little better than it was on the last one. Uh, to everyone who listened to the last episode, uh, the brisket came out great. Uh, it was definitely well worth the 11, 12 hours of my time and effort and all of those things, so uh, yay. Um, I didn't really have much of an idea of what I wanted to talk about, but I definitely wanted to get back to putting out more content and more episodes to those of you who do listen, and I thank all of you who actually do listen. Uh, so really, I just came up with a bunch of things that kind of bother me, or things that I notice, and I don't understand, but... Either way, so this is going to be kind of off the cuff. This is going to be extra live. I mean, I don't really edit anything anyway when I record this, so uh, that's probably pretty evident on the last episode. Um, I mean, I might edit here and there, but nothing major. I don't cut out sections. I don't do anything like that. If I start to screw up or lose my spot, you know, 10 minutes in, well, so be it. It's going to just be in there. So uh, anyway... Some of the things that I noticed that it really just kind of bother me a little bit. Um, do you guys notice the commercials that are airing now? I mean, I I don't watch a whole lot of traditional TV, if you will. You know, Netflix and those things. I think most of us watch the streaming stuff, and if you, you don't, then, you know, have fun cleaning your 1911, Mr. Boomer, or Mrs. Boomer, I won't discriminate, or, you know, however you identify. Um, so when I start watching football, during football season and baseball and whatnot, uh, I start seeing more commercials, and they're just getting uh, a little more confusing, to say the least. Because not only does everyone have to be represented as far as racially, but also apparently, uh, you know, sexually. So it, you know, commercials are generally in the 15 second, 30 second, maybe a minute for uh, some big ads. But I noticed the 15 second to 30 second quick hitters are the ones that are the most confusing because it will they'll try to show the traditional family structure generally of a husband wife kids but it's what appears to be you know a black man with an asian woman and kids of some varying descent that may or may not be theirs because how the hell would i know um i i, I find myself trying to figure out is this both their kids? Is this a kid and a friend? Is this, are these two married? Are they, do they just know each other? Are they coworkers? Is this guy, you know, just randomly in the house? Like, are they adopted and their brother's sister? Like, what the hell is going on here? Because there's never any affection shown between them because no matter how it gets broken down among whether it's, you know, a white couple or an interracial couple or whatever. The guy's always portrayed as a buffoon, always a fool, always is wrong. And the female is always right. The only time you get like, 
an indifference to a male in a commercial is when it's a gay couple, a male gay couple, which also takes you like, those tend to, from what I can tell, those tend to be like the pharmaceutical companies pitching a, a pill of some sort, uh, generally something to do with HIV. And it's just kind of indifferent gardening. There's still interracial white, black dude, dudes together, um, white guy, black guy, which, you know, whatever, let your freak flag fly. Um, but that's the only time it's just kind of indifferent to the male. And it's weird to see also if there's like an ADT commercial for their alarm, a guy dressed in black pants, black hoodie with a black uh, beanie or skull cap on who is a white guy who just knocks out the back window. The alarm goes off and he runs off. And it's like, well, I don't think that's the demographic most people are afraid is going to break into their home, but it could be, I guess. Very uh, progressive of you, ADT and others who do that. Um, there's an, a new one or a, a recent commercial that's airing, and I forget, I think it's an insurance company, I'm not sure. Also, why are there so many insurance companies that advertise and they throw some big dollars behind it? But anyway, it's one of the commercials where you have the couple, this is an older couple that appear to be a husband and wife that have been together for a minute, uh, probably grandparents style age, young grandkids, but grandparents nonetheless. And it's a uh, throw the flag, the review flag on the play where they're sitting in their car and they're arguing over who left the sunroof open. Oh, I'm Mr. You're Mr. Sunroof, even though the woman's driving, which is odd, but then she's able to blame the man for leaving the sunroof open. Like, uh, wow. You know, I understand back in the day, uh, as good as it gets, the movie as good as it gets with Jack Nicholson, where you know he plays an author and he writes stories that apparently uh, involve women. And someone asks him, one of his fans, who's a woman, asks him, "How are you able to write about women so well?" And he says, "I picture a man, then I, uh, what does he say? Then I picture a man, then I abandon all reason and accountability." If you're driving the car to the stadium and the sunroof got left open, that's kind of on the driver. I don't care if the passenger wanted the sunroof open or not. Like, would you blame your kid who wanted the sunroof open, who's eight, and then you left it open and went into the game and it rained? Uh, probably because, you know, abandoned all reason and accountability. But, you know, it is what it is, so... The new wave of commercials is very bothersome, and it I find it, first of all, I don't like commercials, but they are kind of a, a tell of the times, if you will. Um, car commercials are very, I don't, at, at some point, if you're a car manufacturer, you have to set yourself apart from everyone else with your vehicle, which 
styling it one way, you know, is one way to do that. Every most cars are styled different, but with the federal regulations that exist, it's very, very difficult to style a car drastically different than all other cars. My time in the car business was one of the recurring themes was no matter which brand I was working for, when you had people that were shopping multiple brands, one of the things you would always hear is so many of these cars just kind of look the same and they have to look the same because all the federal regulations that exist. And then, um, also the, uh, miles per gallon things that exist so aerodynamics are a big deal and you know wind resistance and things like that so it's kind of like race cars where they kind of look the same i mean you really have to be in the know to see the kind of the differences of race cars and, and things like that most of the formula or most of the uh, Le Mans cars in the classes look the same you know until you get into like the uh, gt class which is basically just a manufacturer taking the shell of a, you know, BMW M3 and making it a super hot rod out of it and a race car out of it. Even then, you kind of have to know what a BMW M3 looks like or get right up on it or be in that world. So it's, it's, it's really funny to see these car companies where your vehicle style is not necessarily drastically different from Ford, Chevy, Toyota, what have you. They're all talking about the same thing. And Subaru, I guess, kind of ruined that where they sell cars with love, even though, you know, Subaru and Fuji Heavy Industrial, who is the company behind Subaru, even though they make, you know, attack helicopters, uh, they sell cars with uh, love and dogs and whatnot. And, you know, they've had really, really good commercials and they've, they've started this trend. But if you're a car company, like, how do you, Shouldn't you do something to make yourself stand out amongst the other car companies? But I don't know. It just bothers the shit out of me. If it bothers you, hit me up and let me know. We can uh, definitely take a deep dive on the Twitters. Um, the other thing that bothers me is songs that never take off. And what do I mean by songs that never take off? Like, I don't mind a slow ballady type song. Um, the thing that bothers me is, and this is basically coming from not only pop music necessarily, but country music as well. Of So Zach Bryan, I guess, has become very, very popular. The guy lives or grew up across the lake from where I live right now here in Oklahoma. Um, all his songs sound fucking same. Like, they never take off. They're in the same key. They're at the same tempo. It's just this. It's just that. I'm just changing the words. I'm just speeding up slightly. I'm just slowing down slightly. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But it's a different name. It, it never takes off. There are no peaks. There's no valleys. There's no solos. There's no speed up. There's no slow down. Fast songs sound faster when they're next to slow songs, and slow songs sound slower when they're next to fast songs. So if you're, you know, you've got five tracks on an album or whatever the hell it is, if the first two songs are really fast and the third song is slow, but it's not really that slow, it's going to sound slower because it's next to something fast. It's like a car that's doing 75 in a 60 looks like it's going slow, when a car passes it at 100 miles an hour 
or 125, whatever it is. It just looks that much slower, but it's actually moving along pretty good. But in relation, we perceive it as moving so slow. Who are you Dumbos that are into this music that never takes off, that never goes up or down? It's just slow and steady, just slow and steady. Are you the same people that say, oh, that concert was great because it sounded just like the album? I don't want a concert to sound like just like the fucking album. I have the album. I want a show. On the album, there were no explosions or pyrotechnics. In the concert, there should be. On the album, there was no improvising in an interlude or a solo or whatever or a stop in the middle and play something totally different or stop entirely and get the crowd into it whatever it is like i don't want the album I already have the album i want a show i paid the extra money the hundred dollars whatever it is for a damn show that's what i want i don't want it to sound like the album and i want songs to take off i want peaks i want valleys i want it to do something i want it to move i want it to make you feel something i want it to do the thing that is there a song anyone can think of that's just the slow and steady that never takes off that is an all-time classic i mean one of the best examples that's out there that most people know is or two of the best examples one is freebird that song takes you on a ride and uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf. That song takes you everywhere. Completely everywhere. Kick-ass song. Longer than hell, both of them. But it takes you some. Like, one of the biggest knocks on like the Ramones is, like I like the attitude and I like a lot of the sound, but so much of it just sounds the same. It's just... U2 is the same way for the most part. I mean, they have slow songs, fast songs. How good would Jimi Hendrix have been if he never did his thing and went nuts and had ups and downs and peaks and valleys and solos and this and that or Stevie Ray Vaughan or any of them? But no, there's so many people go nuts over Zach Bryan. Like, then they go see him live. Ooh, it sounded just like the album. Well, I'd hope so because this album is super fucking basic and anybody with half a brain and an acoustic guitar can play it. All right, so you all hate me because you now you perceive me as racist or homophobic from the first one, and now you hate me because I'm bashing on Zach Bryan because you all probably super like him. Because he's the new country hotness. At least he's country. I'll give him that. Unlike that Florida Georgia line bullshit. Don't act like you didn't listen to it. They didn't get popular because no one was listening to it, folks. Oh, not me. I didn't listen to it. I never did. Stop it. Somebody listens. Like, they're like the porn of the country world. Like, oh, no, no, no. no I never look at it. No, 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 no. Yet it's a multi-billion dollar a year industry. Sure. No one looks at it. It's it's the same 10 perverts looking at it. You're right. Sure. All right. So now another reason people hate me. The whole porn thing. 
All right, so why not get another guy? Uh, <clears throat> another hot topic. Um, I'm going to kind of begrudgingly, and it's not necessarily, I'm going to say I'm going to pick on Clay Martin, but I'm not really picking on Clay Martin. I just watched his video about uh, concealed carry, <clears throat> excuse me, and some basics yesterday. Yesterday, the day before, I can't remember which. I think it was yesterday, but I watched like all seven minutes of the video. Um, and I got to give hats off to him of just filming it in his garage by himself with a camera and going through it and doing the thing and getting interrupted apparently by a pig that he has, which is super fucking cool. Um, but it's just fresh in my mind, so I'm not necessarily picking on him. Although he gave a, gr a bunch of great information in that video. Um, he gave multiple recommendations for... Uh, holsters which I like I don't like when people just give you oh here's what I do and so you should too yeah I don't like that he gave you what he does he also gave you a secondary option fair enough I like that uh, seems like a real dude we've interacted a little bit on the Twitter um, I like the guy uh, but again it's just fresh in my mind that video of him talking about the concealed carry and I guess I'm not picking on I'm just going to try to add to it as a, a non-military guy, non-law enforcement, just an average Joe who does, who has been carrying for uh, seven years now, I think, somewhere in that neighborhood. I've gone through multiple carry options. I've gone through multiple holsters. I've gone through multiple positioning of holsters. Um, I have tons of holsters and I hate it uh, the only thing I would really add to what he was talking about is that the carry techniques that someone should implement you should take what he has to say and hear it adapt it try it but the carry techniques for the average Joe need to reflect the mentality of the average of that average Joe. And what I mean by that is, you know, Clay has done things in the military and abroad that I've never done. I've never, never even attempted. So his mentality is going to be completely different than mine when carrying a pistol outside of safety. We all should have the same mentality when it comes to safety. But when it comes to the idea of implementing a carry weapon, where you carry it, how you carry it, what you carry, the mentality of that person is going to dictate a lot. And also the areas in which you travel, operate, shop, do whatever, are going to dictate how you carry. Um, it's not always... Um, possible to carry at a 3 o'clock to 3.15 position for people. Um, it's not in the best interest of most people to carry appendix, especially if you're, you know, on the amateur side of shooting. Um, I don't really care for fanny packs as a thing, but I don't think it's a bad option. I don't think backpacks are a bad option as well or sling packs or messenger packs or things of that nature because 
I don't know that a lot of people, I was, I, when I was watching the video, one of the things I was thinking about was the first time I ever carried a pistol and it felt weird and it felt like everyone could see it. And I just knew everyone in that laundromat knew I had a pistol on me. I just knew it, but they didn't. So I think that if you're a new shooter, a new concealed carry person, I should say, carrying it in a pack of some sort is not a bad idea. It's also a lot easier to manage that way. And depending on what you do for a living, for work, that might be your best option, period. Because trying to conceal carry under, like if you're in a business casual environment, trying to conceal carry that way is fairly difficult. Um, and there's other difficulties that go along with actually carrying that way all day. You know, going to the bathroom is one of them. It's just, it's very difficult. So getting a fanny pack, getting a bag, getting something to which you have your pistol nearby, maybe not on you the whole time, is, that's another option. That's another thing to think about. Me personally, I carry every single day. I carry pretty much everywhere I go. Um, you know, there's other times where you can't carry in a store that you're about to go into, like a liquor store or bar or something like that. So having the bag gun just helps you from not doing that thing and accidentally, you know, once you get used to it, sometimes you forget you even have it on you. And that mitigates that possibility of dragging it into a place you're not supposed to be. And like I said, the other good thing is you can carry a full-size pistol in a bag easily. It's in a bag. It's hidden. You know, you could carry... A, a pistol and four, five, six extra magazines in a bag, plus your, you know, IFAC and, and numerous other things, you know, so that is another option just to kind of consider. I guess I'm not really picking on Clay. I'm just kind of just adding to it. Um, I'm sure he'll tell me I'm full of shit or stupid or bullshit. <laughs> I do like the fact that this is bullshit a lot, but that's cool. Uh, that's how we all kind of grow, and I'm fine with it. I... It's cool. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of being judged. I'm not afraid of uh, being told I'm wrong. I'm just don't be afraid when I tell you that you're wrong back and have a uh, have a way to uh, defend it. So anyway, I'm sure he's uh, thick-skinned enough. If it comes to that, he'll be okay. Probably won't even block me. But you never know. Anyway, moving on. Clay's legit. Uh, the way of the res. Follow that guy for many different reasons, but uh, it's just a good follow in general. Uh, other things that really bother me is the grouping and lines that get drawn amongst people. Um, I've alluded to this before of how subscribing to a thing, now you have to be that thing, and then you can only see your purview is that thing. So let's say you're going to be a Republican and now you have to whatever the Republican platform is at this point you have to champion it in all ways shapes or forms stop doing that people stop that's a control mechanism don't let them control you it, it goes for a Democrat too or libertarian or well, libertarian I don't know what libertarians believe I don't think they know what they believe at this point 
but don't group up like that have kind of an open mind about things that's how you learn don't shut yourself off and just say i'm republican so democrats suck or i'm democrat so republicans suck yeah that's exactly how they want you to think drive that wedge and now you can uh, it's a divide and conquer technique and it's working really really well so stop doing that uh, another thing that really bothers me i don't even know what made me think of this is uh boxing and the corruption that's gone on i thought i grew up loving boxing watching boxing always watched like tyson fights lewis fights Holyfield fights, uh, Mayweather, uh, Winky Wright was another guy, Roy Jones Jr., David Tua, always wanted to watch good fights, always wanted Bernard the Executioner Hopkins, loved watching boxing, and I thought when the UFC really got popular and took off, my hope was that boxing would understand that this corruption stuff has to go, that there has to be more of a unifying governing body, and that would help the sport or help you know solidify the sport. And I guess technically boxing is still bigger than the UFC and mixed martial arts, but your days are numbered because you're still corrupt as hell, and we all know it. We all know it. Everybody knows it. Now, does the UFC and MMA have its problems? Sure, it's, it's anything. It's run by humans, and humans are fallible, and it's just there's going to be problems. There's going to be issues. It, it is what it is. But boxing is unwatchable at this point. Um, there's no way that I'm going to pay whatever you're asking to, one, either watch a fight between a guy in his prime and a guy not in his prime, you know, it, it the parody that used to exist in boxing doesn't really seem to exist anymore period and you have to have parody without parody you're not it's uninteresting it's a why am i watching this so boxing get your shit together you have a great sport it is so fantastic to watch a great boxing match so fantastic to watch a great boxing match up on the feet ebbs and flows Guys get tired, guys get rocked, guys get this, that, the other. So good to watch. I love watching the UFC as well. I, I want both of them to be healthy and, and thriving. But boxing, your days are numbered. Days are numbered, period. And if for some reason, by some way, Tyson Fury gets KO'd by uh, Francis Ngannou, that might be the death of boxing, everybody. If Francis Ngannou can get in there with Tyson Fury and really put it together or catch that dude, boxing's got way more to lose than Francis Ngannou or the UFC. That much I can tell you. Or MMA. I don't, you know, there's a there's some questions about Francis Ngannou ever going back to the UFC, but Dana White's got big pride, but Dana White ain't stupid. If Francis Ngannou knocks that fool out, he's probably coming back to the UFC with a big chunk of change. So, anyway. To keep it in the sports world, <clears throat> another thing that bothers me is when people say about baseball, so we got the baseball playoffs going right now. 
Go Rangers. Please win, or at least just knock off the, those cheating Astros. But another thing that bothers me about baseball is when people say, oh, it's tradition. For so long, you couldn't use replay because it was tradition, and baseball is traditional. My response always to them was, do you remember the Negro Leagues? Because that was tradition, too. Well, that was different, was it? How far back is this tradition going? Are we going back to the 1960s or the 1860s? How far back are we going? Where, where's your tradition? Traditionally, steroids are part of baseball. I haven't heard a whole lot of people bitching about steroids getting run out of baseball. I hear a lo whole lot of people bitching about the guys who use steroids. That's the other thing. When did steroid use start in baseball? Did anybody know that? How do I know Reggie Jackson was juicing? Not to soil or besmirch Mr. October's name, Mr. Jackson, but how the hell do I know? Just because his head didn't get huge when he's 40? Maybe they just had shittier steroids. I don't know. Maybe he was using fucking cocaine. I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a couple Mets. Well, Doc Gooden and uh, Daryl Strawberry did like the old booger sugar. You know, until they get popped by the cops, it really wasn't that big a deal. That seems like a performance-enhancing drug. I mean, steroids do too, but steroids don't help you attract the baseball. Coke might help attract the baseball. You get a little of that Bolivian shale, a little bit of that white snow, that powder. Uh, well, might be sped up, maybe track that ball, right? So anyway, any of you guys that talk about, oh, it's tradition, it's tradition. Shut up. It's not tradition. Shut up. Just shut up. The only thing that's traditional in baseball is nine innings, three outs, three strikes, four balls. That's pretty much it. You know, three bases and home plate. That The rules are tradition. The basic fucking rules is tradition. So shut up about tradition. The other thing, the last thing I'll mention that bothers the hell out of me is being that it's football season, best season of the year, is the people that talk about, oh, college football is so much better than NFL football or professional football. Child, please. What the hell are you even talking about? Just because you like watching it better for some weird reason don't mean it's better. NFL has the best athletes on planet Earth running into each other at full speed. Oh, but the college game's more pure, is it? They're getting paid now, so how pure is it? Well, they're getting paid, legitimately getting paid now. A lot of them were getting paid before. But they're getting paid legitimately now, so how pure is it? It ain't that damn pure. Pure? You had roids and coke and all the sh same shit in, in college football. What are you talking about pure? Give me the best athlete. I like watching college football. Don't get me wrong. I love watching college football. I like the bands. I like the fans. I, I definitely love how so many stadiums have that party atmosphere. You got the students in there going nuts. It's a, it's a big time. It is a great deal. I just got back from a college football game in Stillwater last Saturday. It was a big time. That ain't even a great program or a historically great program or a ranked program. 
And it was a great time. Everybody having a great time. Everybody in the all dolled up. Everybody just getting out there, getting after it. Great time. But it ain't the Dallas Cowboys. It was the OSU Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys a little different. Go watch one of them games. There's speed difference. It's like meth as opposed to coke. Woo! So I had forgotten about, I'll admit, I forgot about the Rudy Rates It uh, segment that I started once. So we're going to come back. And this category comes from a fella named Smelly Carney on the Twitter. And he wanted me, I think it's a he, wanted me to rank side dishes. So here we go. Here's my guide to your side dishes. I'll give you a top three. Number three, best side dish that you can possibly ever get is asparagus. And here's why. If you don't like asparagus, it's because you don't know how to cook it. And if you don't like asparagus, it's because you're a child who doesn't know how to cook. And if you don't like asparagus, there's something wrong with you. Because not only is it delicious, you eat the crowns last, by the way. It's good for you. It tastes great. And it makes your pee smell wonderful. So, if you want to pee on somebody, it's a perfect time. Even the dog, if you pee outside, will look at it like, damn, what is that? That's right. Take that. Number two. Best side dish possible is turkey stuffing. Yeah, that's right. You heard that. If you don't like stuffing with turkey in it, well, go back to England, you commie limey fuck. Or maybe you're one of them Hamas terrorist motherfuckers because that stuff is fantastic. Only an un-American son of a bitch would hate turkey stuffing. Only a communist would snub his or her nose at turkey stuffing because it is fantastic. And if you don't like turkey stuffing because you say, uh, it's just not that good, well, tell your fucking mom to stop putting water in there to put some stock in there. That's what makes it good. And it comes out like a damn cake. Mmm. Get some. Oh, but no restaurant serves it. I don't give a fuck. Go to a better restaurant or make it at home. Quit being a bitch. But number one, the number one, Best side dish you can possibly get. And there is no way to argue with this because it goes with so many different things is the jalapeno cornbread. And if you don't like jalapeno cornbread, I don't even know what to say other than you're retarded. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, do all the things. Catch y'all next time. Peace.